0: It's the Pete Primo show, and I'm sorry I'm running a little bit late. We're about getting a storm in here, and uh internet was difficult to connect to, and that is why I have a direct connection as well. It is episode 74 of the Pete Primo show, and it is our Ask Pete um, episode. Chris, welcome to the show. Chris is going to. Hi, Pete. Ask me the questions. Not only does Chris produce the show, but. Sometimes he steps in and he, he asks questions and he hosts and he, this guy can do it all. So thank you very much, Chris. Yes. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they're heavier than at other times. <laughs> Before we get started, I just want to do one quick thing and that's pay the bills, sell a million. What are you waiting for? Hurry up and buy it. Over 101 chapters and a few ideas in each chapter. So a literally... Cafeteria style, you could start in the back and work to the front, start in the middle. If you own a furniture or a mattress store or any business for that matter, Sell a Million will help you sell another million this year. And I'd like to thank my friends at the Mattress Industry Network. Steve, you do such a great job. Over 1,400 strong, might be closer to 1,500 strong. The Mattress Industry Network, if you want to build your business, if you want to learn how to market, how to buy better, how to sell and succeed in the mattress industry, you have to join the Mattress Industry Network. If you are in the industry, we want you in this group. It is the only group that I know that is run by retailers for the benefit of the entire industry. Zoom on that. QR code right there. Join the group now and thank me later. Thanks, Steve, for all you do for our industry and thanks,
1: Chris, for showing people what they I'm need to do. I'm scanning the QR code right now. I know you I'm are. I'm joining. Oh wait. Are. oh, wait. I'm already a member. Sorry. Steve let me in the back door one time. That's awesome. That is awesome. So I know we have a few uh, questions
0: and. I want to hold Pat's questions except for how long did it take me to write this book, Pat? About two and a half years. It took me about two and a half years. Because I kept putting it putting it uh down and I got so frustrated with it. I threw it in the garbage a couple of times. So it's actually a true story. I, I started it, um, on a pad of paper, so that'll just kind of show you my my skills. It a- ended up on a Word document, so I'm not quite that bad. But uh, and how did you work up the gumption to publish it?
1: Yeah, gumption—that's a word you don't hear very, very often. Anymore. So thanks so, for bringing it back, Pat.
0: So it's a great word, uh, and it does take some gumption, but. The way that I look at it, it really didn't. And I'll tell you how I looked at it. I've been really, really blessed in the last 40 years to meet and work with some of the best retailers in the industry. And all I'm doing is sharing their ideas. There's not an original idea in there for me. So I don't sit there and say, this is Pete Primo's book. This is my retailer's book who I have been so blessed to be a part of their lives and they have shared with me and now with the world, lots of great ideas to help you build your business. So I'm just a messenger, Patrick. Uh, so it takes me absolutely no gumption because I, I really take no ownership because I'm just very, very, very lucky. And, uh, if it wasn't for Jeff Janakovo, I never would have finished the book, uh, and I'll tell you why. I had a lot of great ideas, and then actually, probably 35% of that entire book is Jeff's ideas. Um, I just didn't see anything out there that was any better, and I kept trashing my own stuff that I had because it had grown and it had morphed and it had changed. And uh, Jeff was doing things so much better than anybody else that I couldn't help but um, I couldn't help but incorporate his stuff. And with his permission, I, I published it, and I give him credit to the to this day. Um, as a matter of fact, I just came back from a trip. Um, I, I was in New Jersey with Jeff just last week, and it was very exciting and fun to work with such a knowledgeable and talented retailer because he knows what he wants and it's he's just very, very easy to work with and uh, probably the single most successful retailer that I know. Um, and when everybody else is complaining that it's slow, he's not experiencing that because he has built a fortress around his business and that fortress is... Five star online reviews, uh, referrals, and testimonials, and it's a machine that just keeps cranking and cranking. So, Patrick, thank you for that question. Um, Chris, what other questions we have? I know we've got a few. I think we have got one from Andy, one from Jack, and one from Sherry. I think. So,
1: whatever order you want to give them to me in. Okay, we've got one from uh, from Jack. Uh, he says, we've been pretty slow, uh, not un I guess he says not unmanageable, but concerning. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I, I am Jack and, uh, I'm going to make this worse before I make it better.
0: Okay. So I got some of these questions ahead of time and I talked to the smartest guy I know. And that's Justin Trombo. And it's probably a tie between him and Jeff Chanakovo. They're both absolutely brilliant. And I knew that Jeff had to be wiped out from everything that I know that he did. And then I saw he was doing additional things and I just didn't want to bug him. So I called Justin and um, I asked him your question, Jack. Um, my, and his take on it is is this. Um, we're in a recession and that should not create a bunch of fear. We've lived through and successfully sold in recessions before. I've thrived personally. I thrive in recessions. So don't be afraid. You're not going to find out till September because they don't publish it for two months after. The first quarter was definitely a contraction of the economy. The second quarter will definitely be. And by definition, a recession is two quarters of the GDP contracted. It's not a big deal. We're still going to do business. Is the business as easy as it was? Absolutely not. It's not as easy as it was. It's much tougher. The traffic coming in is much tougher, but this is what I want to to say to you. I read an article by um, by uh, Jerry Epperson, and he said the answer to your question, and the answer to your question is, for twenty one months, twenty one months, we've been on we were on easy street. Uh, people were getting federal money and they were spending money like drunken sailors on furniture and mattresses. And we as an industry benefited tremendously uh, from those programs. Whether you agree with those programs, you don't agree, that doesn't matter. So now what has happened is we have been doing so much business with so little effort that when it starts to require the normal effort it feels like it's going to take a lot of of extra effort but it's really not going to take a lot of extra effort what it needs you to do is adjust your outlook and you have to stop thinking about 2021 and 2020 you have to stop thinking about that and you got to go back to 2018, 2019. Think about those years. What did it take to be successful in those years? And what did you do? Were you doing a sign program and you stopped doing a sign program? Uh, did you hire somebody to help you with your Google reviews and you stopped doing that? Uh, did you pay attention to your um, your SEO And now you're not doing that. Did you hire some consultants to help you with extras in your business? And now you're not doing that. Now, one of the things that you did, Jack, that I love, I absolutely love, you reached out to me, one of your friends in the industry, and that's what I do. I, When things start to tighten up, I reach out more than I do normally. And you know what I find out? I find out that there's more business there than than we think. So I'm gonna tell you a true story, Jack. Last week, no, week before, um I was I was uh in uh in Ohio working with dealers, and the one dealer said, It's so slow, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to stay in business. And I looked at him and I started laughing at him because I, I know that he owns his own building and I know that he owns like over a million dollars of inventory. And I said, you're not going out of business unless you just get tired of it. And he laughed and he goes, yeah, you're right. And so we talked and then I went to the next dealer. It wasn't 10 miles away. And I I noticed that there were customers in the store and I noticed that they were really busy. I go, has it been like this? Oh yeah, it's really busy. So, 10 miles, not even 10 miles away. And so, the one dealer does not advertise, and the other dealer is advertising again, started advertising again. And they hadn't been advertising because they didn't need to advertise, but they did it ahead of the curve. And now, what I'm saying to everybody if you're not advertising, you need to start advertising again. And I'm not talking about thoughtless ads. I'm talking about thoughtful, well-constructed ads that speak to your customer in a way that your competitors don't and in a way that makes you the preferred retailer of choice and have them come into your store and make a purchase that's going to help them wake up happy and pain-free. And that's what it's all about and wake up happy and pain-free is copyrighted probably. So I might as well give Jeff Chanakovo a shout out on that because that's his phrase that I've adopted and I use it. I would never dare use it without giving him credit. So that is what uh, Jeffrey Epperson's article says. Um, Chris, is there any way to pull that article up? I know I sent you the link. So, guys, I'm going to read it to you. This is by Jerry Epperson. It's dated June 5th. Jerry is the founder and managing director of Mann, Armistead, and Epperson. Okay, I'm going to gripe in this column, so forgive me for caring. Yes, consumer traffic and spending on home furnishings are down this year especially if you look at units sold. High inflation can mask how bad sales are, especially when prices are rising 20% or more. Everyone has full inventories and a week open to buy. Deliveries have been catching up and it can be a shock when you receive a truck or container you ordered almost a year ago. Did I order that? What was I thinking? But to my way of thinking, I think many retailers became accustomed to 21 months of solid sales and consumer traffic without having to work hard, work hard to get it. My ad stats show that furniture and mattress advertising this year is running almost half, half of what we spent in the 2015 to 2019 period. We all know why Uncle Fetty wrote everyone checks for thousands of dollars to spend thousands of dollars, not once, but twice, and encouraged Americans to spend it. And we responded and spent like drunken sailors, just given pieces of eight. Please wake up and smell the lack of roses. Go back and advertise so you can unload your much overloaded wagon. And please do not take any glee over some weak numbers from Wayfair. First, they are facing the same challenges as you are. Second, yes, they benefited when we all sequ- were sequ- sequestered in our homes during the COVID restrictions, but they also educated a lot of Americans about our homes and boosted furnishings demand. Finally, any, negatives news, any, any negative news on Wayfair reflects badly on our entire industry because of its high profile to investors and consumers. Folks, I'm still having to answer answer what happened to Levitts. <laughs> so that's Jerry's take on it. If you agree with it, great. If you don't agree with it, that's great too. It's just one man's uh, thought process on it. But th- there's something bigger that I want everyone to think about. If we, if we truly are spending less than half of what we spent in that 2015 to 2019 period, We as an industry will eventually suffer if we don't ratchet up our spending because if they see ads for other things like electronics, like carpet, like cars, they're going to go out and buy carpets and electronics and cars and they're not going to buy mattresses. If they see a bunch of mattress and furniture advertising from a lot of different dealers, both big, medium, and small, The consumer is going to say to themselves, it's a good time to buy mattresses and furniture. So do us all a favor and advertise. Everybody helps everybody else. When we lose a major player in any given market that spent money in advertising, our markets shrink. It's been proven time and time again. So. That's a long-winded answer, Jack. I'm sorry that it's so long-winded. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But I encourage you to look at your basics, how you advertise, how you display, how you train salespeople. And I know, Jack, that you're the only salesperson at your store. How are you training yourself? Seriously, brother. How are you training yourself? And are you training your mind? And one of the things that I got ready and teed up was this. Mark Hunter's book, A Mind for Sales, came out about a year ago. Anybody who owns a business or is a salesperson, I'm talking to business owners, I'm talking to sales reps, I'm talking to RSAs. If you don't get that book right now and read it and and devour that book, you're making a huge mistake. A huge mistake. So, A Mind for Sales by Mark Hunter. I saw something and I don't always agree with the stuff that I see Gary V out with. And and most of the time, it's just really how he delivers the message that I disagree with at times. But he said something really, really important that I saw. And it was, train attitude, trained mindset. The rest of it will take care of itself. When your mind is right and your mindset is right, you'll acquire the skills because that's the next step. But your mind has to be right and your heart has to be right. If you're worried, and I'm going to tell you this, Jack, you know I love you. If you're watching the news, turn it off. And I don't care what side of the spectrum it's on. Turn it off. It's it's not helping you. Trust me. It's not the best thing in the world you could ever do is turn off the news. I, I, it, it, all it does is poison you. And when Jeffrey Gitomer said that to me. In a seminar that I was at in Cleveland, Ohio, I thought Jeffrey was full of crap. I go, who the hell is this guy from, you know, the East Coast? I think he's from Philadelphia. And, you know, what, what the heck does he know? And guess what? I tried it and I never looked back and I'm much happier without the news. So turn the news off, go back to the basics. What are you doing to improve your sales training? What are you doing to improve your customer's experience? How do you serve your customer better than your competitors? And make sure that you execute on the holy grail. And that is five-star online reviews, referrals, and testimonials got to get those. You got to get those. They're more important than others. And when I'm looking at dealers who are more successful than other dealers right now, especially, all you got to do is go and look at how many five-star online reviews you've got. And what they've got is literally a money machine that is protecting them. It's insulating them from this lack of easy traffic that we've had and is now no more. And it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But there's always business being done. Jack, thank you for your question. I'm sorry. I ranted and raved and preached at you, but I did it out of love.
1: Uh, so, uh, those of you who are watching and uh, are listening too, you can always make comments uh, later when the audio podcast comes out as well, uh, as, as Pete has been known to answer a few questions in his time. But, uh, Pete, we've got a lot of questions coming in here from sure. uh, from Facebook and, and from LinkedIn. Here's one from Scott Vaughn. What are the most successful stores doing to drive traffic that you can share with the rest of us? Um.
0: Scott, thank you for the question. Are you down in Florida right now? Are you at the Nationwide Show? Are you? So, traffic, most of them are sticking with what they what has gotten them there. Um, I think most of them, after the first quarter, saw that business was not going to be easy and what they're doing is they're going into what has made them successful. So, some of the bigger stores, you know, they're still doing the circulars, they're doing their TV and the radio spots. Scott, you have something special going on. You have become a celebrity in your marketplace. And I encourage everybody to do that. So, While you can walk into most restaurants and not be accosted, especially, uh, thank you, Scott. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 You are a celebrity because of your radio and your TV commercials. And you are yourself in those commercials. And you have built a very successful business. You are way, way more successful than anyone else in your marketplace and anyone else in a marketplace of your size. And the thing that keeps hitting me, you know, it's it's almost like bad comedy because it's the Jeff Janakavos and the Scott Vaughns of the world that are the guys that are chirping in. They won't miss an episode of the Pete Primo show Because they don't want to miss one little thing that could make them more successful. And both of these guys are twice as smart as I'll ever be. But I'm really here as a messenger to share what what other people are doing. Um, Whatever got you there, I would continue with it. And for you, Scott, in particular, more commercials with you and with your daughter what are the most successful store stores doing to drive traffic that you can share with the rest of us? Um, they're they're doing what they've they've always done. Um, now, when it comes to mattresses specifically, the the free adjustable bed base works, and it's going to tie into another question. Um, so if you're not doing the free adjustable bed base, you can do it. You know, if you look at the price of a premium frame and a good foundation, you know, you're going to be anywhere from a hundred, a bu- hundred bucks on, on the low side to 200 bucks. If it's ultra premium with both and you can buy, you know, a heads up only adjustable bed base for 200 bucks, a little over 200 bucks. So doing the uh, free uh, adjustable bed foundation and stepping off of it is highly successful for many of your competitors. And if you're not doing it, I would encourage you to do it. Um, If it's not in your pricing strategy, I, I get that. If it's not in how you do business, I, I get that too. But that is working. Uh, bundles continue to work. So, you know, and you and I have talked about bundles, bundling, um, having step up bundles to just a premium giveaway bundle, having a, a super premium and an ultra premium bundle that steps up the bundle package to to things that deliver more benefits for your customers, that could be important. Don't forget about the old basics. When's the last time you've seen somebody run a truckload sale? Why not run a truckload sale? Why not run run a tent sale? You know, my friends at Big Sandy's, when I, I went through there a few weeks ago, those guys were executed on their game plan. And guess what? They were, they had their tent sales in the parking lot like they do every year. They do it at the same time, same stores every year. They rotate that tent around. Um, you know, when's the last time you ran, ran a tent sale? When's the last time you ran a king for queen sale? So some things are, are old and they're born to us. But if a consumer has not been in the market for eight to 10 years, and that's what we like for them to be in the market every 8 to 10 years but the reality is they they're they're in the they're in the market every 12 to 15 years. So if they haven't bought a bed 12 to 15 years what's old to you is going to be new to them. So try to remember that as well. I really believe that the most important thing you can do along with any promotion free this free that free financing it's in stock. I in stock it now is more important than it's ever been. Letting them know you have something in stock is huge. But here is where you can really separate yourself. You just because you sell better night's sleep doesn't mean you can't run a promotion. And when you run a promotion, it doesn't mean that in the same ad, you can't talk about a better night's sleep. It's not one or the other, guys and gals. It's both. Do both of them. Don't feel like, okay, I have to do an educational ad and I can't do any promotion or the opposite. I'm going to do a promotional. Ad and it's going to have savings and it's going to have a story, but I'm not going to talk about getting a better night's sleep. I'm not going to educate them to a better night's sleep. Always educate your customers to a better night's sleep. And remember this, your front door isn't your front door. Your front door is your Facebook page. Could be your Twitter. If you use uh, Twitter, it could be, it's going to be your website often. So remember, your front door is not your front door. Your front door could be Google reviews. How do you look on Google reviews? What are you doing to shore that up? So Scott, just a few ideas there. Thank you for, you know, it, it just, it, it, it never, it never fails to uh, surprise me, Chris, that Of all the people that probably didn't need to ask that question, Scott asks the question because he doesn't want to miss a thing. He 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 he. That hunger and that thirst for knowledge is what makes a Jeff Janakovo and a Scott Vaughn a Jeff Janakovo and a Scott Vaughn. What's what makes them so successful? It's that it's that hunger. Whenever I think of hunger, guess what I think about?
1: I think about. Food? Perpetual hunger. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots great. of uh, lots of P. Primo's uh, guests are here in the chat asking questions, including uh, the former Lord of Buckhorn, uh, uh, Dr. Patrick Tenney. <laughs> um, he's got a great question, and we've got questions here from Krista Henney uh, as well, speaking of, uh, of former guests and uh, someone named Facebook user. So if you're on Facebook um, and you're watching the show, Go to uh, this particular link, and that way we can see who you are. Uh, if you go to streamyard.com/facebook, you allow Facebook, or yeah, you allow Streamyard to show your face here, and then we can see your smiling mug here on Ask Pete. So let us know. We've got uh, the questions rolling in. So the one here from Patrick uh, that I thought was was really good. It kind of a bit of a of a shift here. And that is, what was the toughest business negotiation you were ever involved in? And what did you learn from it?
0: Um, the toughest business negotiation, I should pick one that I won. <laughs> right. but uh, I'm not going to do that, Patrick, because I'm just I'm just secure enough to f- share with you a failure. And I think more people will learn from my failure. And and this is uh, this is for reps. And I know, you know, uh, Andy, John, Paul, uh, Debbie, Karen. I know you guys listen to me all the time and, and your reps. So this is this one's for you. So I'm a young sort of rep. I'm going after a big account. It was about 50, maybe 50 sleep shops, maybe 40 at that point. And uh, I ended up losing the deal. And, um, so what I did is I became best friends with the owner. I went to his place every week. I went to two or three of the other stores. And this is a, this is a, uh, Uh, it's really embarrassing. So I did not fully understand their process. And you know, as a master of negotiation, the very first thing that you have to uncover before you get started is how is this decision going to be made? So, my rep friends out there, I'm going to give you the lesson before I tell you what actually happened. You have to understand the process that your retailer goes through and even if you're doing business with them, that process changes and I'll share that with you as well. That was actually a success. So I'm working for CERTA and I am going for this deal and the decision time comes. I bring my boss in, Barb McKay and Everybody in the company was scared of Barbara. I wasn't. I loved her. She loved me. I think she still does. Anyway, we lost the deal. And so Barbara did something that every rap needs to do. She did an autopsy. I call it an autopsy. Guys like Patrick call it some fancy word, but it's an autopsy. So, what went wrong, right? And the owner of the store was very kind and very gentle and very considerate. And he said, Pete did a great job. He was here every week. And I know that he went to a couple of the stores, but he didn't go to all the stores. And after we showed our samples to everybody, each store got one vote, and none of them knew Pete, but they all knew the competitor, and I think that's what lost you guys the deal. It wasn't anything to do with product or marketing or co-op or anything like the things that we normally attribute a loss to. It was simply the fact that the other rep was more professional and more experienced, and he went to all the stores, became friends with Every salesperson, every store manager, and they all had one vote. And because of that, I lost the sale. Postmortem. Yes, Patrick. Yes, absolutely. And don't ever listen to me about um, negotiations because I'm not the guy. But Patrick Tinney is the man. He wrote this book. Unlocking Yes. If you want to know more about negotiations, get Unlocking Yes by Patrick Tinney because he does a great job. So now I'm going to tell you a funny story. I'm working with a large retailer. I knew their selling process. I knew their decision-making process. And I didn't ask the second time around. It was with a different line, different product category entirely. But I felt like I knew their process, but I did. So this is what I said at the end. So are you going to bring it to the board? And he goes, no, I think I'm going to say yes right now. Is that okay? So it changed. His position in the company changed. The process of how they made decisions changed. So just because you've dealt with somebody in the past or you currently sell them one item, don't think that their decision-making sequence or process is the same. Don't assume anything. Um, So a couple of thoughts there. Anyway, uh, Patrick, I've been really blessed in, in my life because I had teachers like Barb And uh, you know Bob Sherman and 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 Jeff Allen. I've I've had some really great uh, mentors that helped me. Um, Most of the time, aside from this little blip on the screen, I've always had more intel than my competitors. Um, I work exceptionally hard at knowing everybody in a company from. The warehouse guy, uh, to the receptionist, to the store manager, to the most recently hired salesperson and the sales superstar on the floor. I try to know everybody because each one can give me a little piece to the puzzle. And for my sales rep friends out there, that is, uh, is, is great. Is a great thing for you to know, know that, know their decision making process and get to know. Everybody in the organization, sometimes the warehouse guy knows there's a return problem before the buyer does. Imagine knowing that piece of information and imagine knowing exactly which vendor it, what it is and imagine um, being able to be proactive with that. And let me add a little piece of humor here. Sometimes it might be you and you don't even know it. And you could nip it in the bud with the warehouse manager if it's your product and not lose the slot. So be friends with everybody, everywhere. Have lots of, lots of touch points at every account. And uh, you will do more business and be more successful. How's that for a long-winded answer?
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Chalk full of goodness. Speaking of chalk full of goodness, former uh, guest Chris Teheny has a... Um, has a great question, so I'll I'll, I'll sort of read it and uh, we'll we can absorb it together. In today's economic climate, relative to our industry, do you think there are any product categories that are not worthy of a of a business imposing key, uh, KPIs or key performance indexes on them, or should the business be focused on profit potential on everything on their floor? Whew. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little too deep. Roll off uh, the sleeves on that one, right?
0: Chris. So, Chris, <laughs> what do you mean?
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you were asking this Chris. I was like... No. Other I, I, Chris. I was I, like, what, oh, God, what, am I on the hook for this too? <clears throat>
0: that are now worthy of a business imposing... Okay, well, I, I'm going to break this up, and you can follow up with me, Chris, as I as I'm doing this. So I am not I I am a data driven guy and I love data, but I love people more. Okay. So that you have to understand. I think you do um understand that about me. Um and so KPIs can be important. It depends what it is and what it's referring to. I lean towards the second. I think we should be focused on the profit potential on everything on their floor. And I'm just going to say this right now, Chris, um, because me and you had a discussion about this a few weeks ago. Anybody, and now I'm talking to you, store owners, if you are not doing everything in your power to maximize at each and every door turn, you're doing two things at the same time. Number one, and it's more important than the second thing. Number one, you're screwing your customer because they're not going to get as good a night's sleep. They, they're not going to have as good of an experience with your store. And when they don't get as good of a night's sleep and they don't have as good of an experience with your store as they could have, You're not as likely to get a five-star online review. You're not as likely to get a testimonial. And you're not as likely to get a referral. Uh, Those are business aspects to it. The human aspect to it is you've really cheated the customer. They thought you guys were professionals. They did business with you. They trusted you. And you fell short. So how do we fall short? I'll tell you how we fall short. Business gets tough. And me as an RSA, as a sales professional on the floor, I've been told 10 10 times in a row over a three or four day period. And I think the next customer is going to say no. And when they say yes, I'm so happy that they said yes, that I forget to do my job completely and methodically. And completely and methodically in the mattress business means that they're exposed to the benefits of a protector and understand what it will do, not only to protect their warranty, but to protect their health and to make them more comfortable, protect their investment. A great set of sheets, which is a game changer. Nine times out of 10, when you stay in a hotel and you go, man, that was an awesome bed. It wasn't an awesome bed. It was probably awesome sheets, more than an awesome bed. There was a company, I'm not going to use the name, they had these great sheets and they were very average beds. And everybody wanted the the beds. And I said, you shouldn't even want the beds. You should want the sheets. The sheets are what made that experience uh, for that customer. And then the last one, but not least, is a pillow. And it's not the last one because the most important one I forgot about. And that's the adjustable bed. If we're not attaching adjustable beds, if we're not attaching pillows, protectors and sheets to sales, we're failing to do our job. We're failing to reach the profit potential. But more importantly than that, we're screwing the customer. And that's not right. It's it's not right because you're scared that you don't do your job the right way because you think they're going to say, no, guess what? There's a process and you should follow your process, whether business is good or whether business is bad. So the first thing I would say to everybody, whether you're in management in a retail store, ownership, or if you're a sales pro on the floor, if you have a good process, stick to your process. Never vary from your process other than this. Always be spontaneous with your customer. Always be real with your customer. Always be authentic with your customer and share a little bit of your heart and a little bit of your knowledge to help them have an experience at your store that is unlike any other experience. One of the things that I used to say to myself in retail, if I can't get them, nobody can. I am going to work so hard for this customer. I'm going to do everything I can for them that if for some reason I can't close them, no one's going to be able to close them. And eventually they have to come back to me. It's not that I believed in B-backs. It's just that I was going to lay it all on the line for the customer and share a little bit of my heart. And that is something that I've been preaching for years. You know, if you're bored with the method in the sales system, that probably doesn't need to change. What needs to change? Is how do you express yourself to your customer? Do you give them a piece of your heart? Do you care about them deeply and a gut level? Not because you're going to make a commission. Do you care about that customer on a gut level? Because if you do, you're never going to lose. Hear me loud and clear. If you express the fact that you care about your customer getting a good night's sleep and waking up happy and pain-free and having the best experience that they can have, you're never going to lose. You're going to win. And you're going to win and win and win and win. So did I answer your question, Chris? Sorry. I know I'm (laughs) long-winded. It happens.
1: Oh, um, Speaking of, I, I keep on just using these segues. But when you said long wind, I can't think of a better person, better question to pop up than from the Deech. Um, <laughs> you like that? Um, I, I when are feeling. you going for more business, and are you just walking in, or do you bring gifts? Okay, so any of my salespeople out there,
0: this is a great book: Sales Proverbs, Wisdom of the Ages from Dan Jordan. I read it every day. It's a great... So, Dan, I am assuming, when are you going for more business and just walking in? Do you bring any guests? You're, this is from a rep standpoint, Go walking into a store, I'm assuming, if not, correct me right now. Okay, not corrected. So, I'm going to go forward. I'm almost always going for more business but more than anything when 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 I'm walking into a store so yes sometimes I do bring gifts but I have a game plan for every uh, for every store visit and sometimes I'm not trying to sell anything. sometimes I'm just trying to get more Intel uh, sometimes it's strictly service. Um, and I'm trying to make something right and it's complicated, and I have to get in there and I have to fix it. Um, so I have a game plan for why I'm walking in. I'm always flexible, Dan. Uh, you know, lots of times when you solve a complicated problem, and listen, there there have been times when I've reached into my own pocket for dealers you know my company won't won't do the right thing for whatever reason usually they don't end up staying with me uh if they do that one time too many with me uh because i will make it right no matter what so i i will never leave a customer hanging i will always find a way to uh get them money one way or the other not um and nothing is off the table It could be writing checks, it could be extra credits, it could be an extra allowance or a discount on something, but I always find a way to make it right. So, um, I know I didn't answer your question. Chris, pop that question back up. When you are going for more business or just walking in, do you bring any gifts? When I'm prospecting, I walk in with nothing. My hands are empty. I come in peace. Uh, bringing in a gift wouldn't be appropriate at that point. When I'm doing business with people, uh, especially around the holidays, I go in just to give them the gift. And it's amazing how many times I walk out with an order. But I don't have an order, pad. I don't have an order on my brain. You know what I have on my brain? Thank you. Thank you for feeding my family. Thank you for being my customer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And when we have that, that in our heart and they can see it in your eyes, uh, it comes across and invariably we end up doing business, doing additional business, doing extra business, uh, them buying an extra line, uh, that they weren't buying, but it doesn't happen because of any, uh, I would never use a gift other than, it's a gift and it's a thank you. It's my heartfelt thank you. If anything else comes from it, then if that's just a blessing. So, if I didn't answer it, pop back up. What else you got, Chris?
1: We've got, uh, we've got a lot of Patrick uh, Tinney questions here. Let me make sure. Let's grab one other here. I think you've answered this question. Uh, this is from Facebook user. With everything going on in the industry, would you recommend opening a new store or a new location? Why or why not? Boy, that's a great question.
0: So, I'm going to answer it with two words. It depends. And this is what it depends on. Do you have something unique that you're bringing? Have you shopped your competitors in your marketplace? If you've shopped your competitors in your marketplace and you see holes in service and you see holes in merchandising and you see holes in services that consumers need and you can help be the one that fills that need, yes, open. But, if you have not done your homework, don't open. And I would tell you in a good economy or a bad economy that. And go go back to the beginning. My best years have always been in down economies. Because I don't go, I don't abandon my dealers. I work harder. I roll up my sleeves. I dive in. I don't let my retailer, my, my retailers, that do business with me. There's literally nothing I won't do for them. There's no time of day or night that I won't answer their phone call. There's literally nothing I won't do to help them be successful. If that includes working, you know, at their stores for for holiday sales, uh, I was in a dealer's store on uh, yesterday, um, and it was crazy, you know. I got bored because my wife and my child are in California on vacation. I made this awesome cake, and I just bring it to one of my dealers. And guess what? Me and my dealer had a great conversation. I learned a lot of things that are going to help a lot of other dealers. And I got some really good intel, and it was a really a great call. But it was nothing more than I made this really great cake, and I wanted to share it with my, with my dealer. And it was a way of saying thanks because this is a dude that buys like, you know, five lines from me, you know, and so open up. If you've shopped the marketplace, if you have a better uh, way to compete, do it. But if you're going to just be copying what everybody else does and have the same old merchandising with the same old delivery, and you're not going to do anything different, uh, say, save yourself uh, in the industry the aggravation. But I wouldn't be afraid to open up a store right now if if I had a unique position and a way to help people that other competitors are not helping them. So all starts with Intel, all starts with shopping your competitors. So shop them and make sure that you're bringing some really good value to your customer, maybe some lines uh, that aren't in the marketplace right now. And uh, if you're in Columbus, Ohio, I know exactly who you are. And yeah, you need to open, dude, because I just spent like six hours with you and you need to open (laughs) up with my stuff. And I will be there with you every step of the way, brother.
1: Yeah. So I know we're getting close here to the, uh, we're over the top of the hour, but uh, we have a, um, a really great question. It's kind of a two parter from, uh, from Patrick uh, Tinney. Uh, And so uh, this, this is, uh, this one is is a, uh, is a thinker, uh, as always. Our, our man Patrick brings that. So um, he says, always ask a customer what is on your list. If you want to increase basket totals, that is the question. If the customer says they don't have a list, then ask them who's on their gift list. List mentality means that customers start to rank needs and wants. Once you have them in their store, they're captivated for a period of time, and that's time you may not get back again. So here's Patrick's question. (sighs) Let me take a breath there. His question is, Pete, do you have list-like questions that you believe strongly about? Yes. Um,
0: I, I have a lot of questions that, so you're talking about I'm in a prospecting phase with a business owner. What questions do I ask? First of all, let me tell you what I do. The very first thing I do, if I don't know the dealer already, which is highly unusual because I've been doing this for 40 years, but If I don't know the dealer, the very first thing I'm going to do is go on Google and see what Google says about them. Okay? It's the very first thing I do. Then the second thing I do is I go on their website and I look at the care and I look at the reviews. Are they marketing with reviews? Are they sharing success stories on their website? Are they educating the customer about a better night's sleep? Um how do they position a uh, product Those are all questions that I ask myself that are at the top of my list and then the next thing that I do is I call my rep friends and my executive management friends that have experience with uh businesses After I get all that intel then I will sit down with the dealer Um, unless I got some really horrible intel and that, uh, but even if I got horrible intel, I'll, I'll, I will still make the judgment call for myself because, um, sometimes people have access to grind and and you don't know why you got the intel that you got. Sometimes there are anomalies and sometimes there's a pattern. When there's a pattern, I'm probably walking away, but, um, what I want to know, my question is, what's the purpose of your business? Why do you do what you do? What's the purpose of the business? Why do you do what you do? Then how do you do it? And though that's my list, it's, it's pretty, pretty simple. I've always been really, really heavy on Intel before I ever open anything up. This show is your best show yet. <laughs> and Patrick, you are the star of the show. Thank you, brother. I I I appreciate I appreciate you and everything you do for for the sales industry. You are a, a shining light, brother. You really are. So thank you. Um
1: there's another one there. What? How much time do
0: I have left here, Chris? Couple minutes, or are we done?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, another one from. Are you Are you talking from Patrick or from Andy? I wanted to get Andy's question in. Okay, uh, we've got got a few from Andy here. Uh, let's see. The big change in our world is system selling. How do you get retailers and RSAs to understand the power of this? Um, Andy,
0: share success stories, um, with or without the name. Sometimes you're, you know, a a lot of what we do as reps, um, you know, we we kind of go into sacred chambers and, and sometimes we're, you know, we're just honor bound not to share Certain things that we learn, and other times we're allowed, and sometimes we're allowed to use our names. And I would suggest, if it's ever a question mark, that you, as a rep, ask your customer if you're allowed to share it. Um, I got a great idea um, from Joey Amato from Rock and Roll uh, Mattress in Cleveland, Ohio, yesterday. Um, there's a candy bar, and on the back of the candy bar, that is a custom. Made guitar, which is the the theme of their store. On the back of it was a QR code to do a um, uh, to do a Google review, and I think there was one for a uh, for a uh, uh, f- for a virtual tour of, of of the store, and so they can get the candy bar two ways: one as uh, a thank you. For buying and another, if if they're going to be a be back, and basically it's a tool to keep you top of mind for a short period of time because they're going to eat the candy bar. Um, hopefully, they'll shoot the QR code and give you that Google review, and uh, it's a brilliant idea. I so I shared that, and that that's actually part of a of system selling. Um so all the most successful retailers have have a system. When I was with uh of years ago, we did comfort selling, and comfort selling was wonderful, it had a couple of holes in it. And the biggest hole in comfort selling is it didn't really talk about support. Support's a very important part of sleep. But one of the most successful retailers I know, um hired one of the most expensive consultants in the sales industry. Um, and he's not in the furniture and mattress industry. And his entire system was custom made for him. And he spent a lot of money on it. And it is a great system. And I can't say anything more than that. Everybody should have a sales system that works for them. And if you don't, you're cheating yourself. And all you can do, Andy, is share success stories.
1: Was there another piece to to that? There's, there's uh, three more questions, three, four more questions from Andy. I'm not sure if we have time to get to them. Uh, what are the expectations for top of bed sales and adjustable attachment rates? So I actually
0: called Justin about this. It's the number is 50. percent That's an ambitious number for a furniture store. The the first uh, attachment rate number for a furniture store on an adjustable bed would be 30%. For a sleep shop, it should be 50 uh, In a sleep shop, you could get up to 80 90%, especially if you do a free base promotion. So how they promote, if they do a free base promotion, is going to impact that attachment rate. The attachment rate goes up uh, probably another extra... 20 30 points just from that promotion. So the leader in my market for has 50%. It's tied into their presentation and advertising. Right. I have a top 180 to 110%. Yeah. For protection. Crazy. Well, listen, um a well structured protection program with a with systematic um sales approach uh can yield those numbers i've seen those numbers in my own marketplace and yes it does start at the top management needs to decide uh that this is the plan then they need uh to set compensation nothing sells without a salesperson then they need to have a system that can track it yeah and and so like when it comes to compensation i'm a big believer that compensation needs to be tied directly to performance And, um, it it has to be measured and, and what gets measured gets improved. That's an old John Lawhon saying, and I think before that it was Watson from IBM that actually started that quote, John, God rest his soul stole it from Watson, but Hey, everything that's good and true gets repeated once or twice
1: or 10 times. Anything else there from Andy, or was that it? Oh, that was it from Andy. And then Sherry's got business. Is the worst I've ever seen, Sherry. Um, we need some happy juice there. Uh, <laughs> I paid five dollars and forty nine cents for gas yesterday. What are your other dealers and friends saying?
0: Yeah, it. So Sherry, it's it's definitely challenging. I, I think that come September, we're going to find out that right now, as we spoke, we were in a recession and we survived. <laughs> And that's and that's the bottom line. Is it tougher than it's been the last two years? Yeah. And I think if you go to Jerry Epperson's article that, that we talked about for 21 months, we had it made in the shade, right? And uh, boy, I never got to do my halftime. That's a shame. But Sherry, I hope that helps. Listen, um, <laughs> the one dealer that I talked about that thought business was horrible, was about 30 miles away from you. The other one was maybe 21, 22 miles away from you. So um, in your neck of the woods, I've got dealers that are saying it's horrible, it's bad. And other dealers going, hey, business is great. So it's not horrible everywhere. I'm still seeing customers in stores and I would encourage everybody to be positive and not like Pollyanna um, and, and not not do anything. Use that energy that you have um, and use it. To grow your business, find out where you could better serve your customer and do a better job there. Whether it's getting Google reviews, whether it's um, um, SEO, uh, like Joe a couple of weeks ago was talking about, or some of the things that John said last show. There's lots of things that we can do, and it it depends on our store. But just in overly simplistic terms, be you, be you better than anybody else can be you and serve your customer well and you will do business. Whether it's a good economy or it's a bad economy, just do you, work hard, call me, anybody, you got questions? I don't care if you're in the States that I do business in or not. My uh, cell number is 419-560-3169. You can call me anytime and I'm happy to to help in any way I can. So, um, And it's not for money. It's my way of giving back. So I have a lot to be thankful for. I'm having one of my best years ever even though business is tough right now. But business is still being done. It's a tougher grind than it's been. Keep your chin up, work hard and really keep your heart where your customer can see it and let it be all good stuff that shows and I guarantee you, you'll do business. So thanks Chris for for uh keeping everything moving today and uh and Chris is a guy who is insanely competent at producing shows. But where he shines is his heart. This guy is always looking to do He's changed my intro to my show like six or seven times. He thinks I don't notice. I notice. I notice every time he changes one clip. And I just forget to say thank you. So, Chris, thank you for all you do, brother. I appreciate you. And anybody out there that you want to do a podcast or you want to do a show, call this guy. Chris, give yourself a plug. Tell him how to get a hold of you.
1: Uh, ChrisStone.contact. That gets you to all my tubes and, uh, you can find me any way you, uh, you want to, whatever you're comfortable with. So chrisstone.contact. Thank you, Pete. It's, uh, yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. Have a great one.